The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's first reading, we hear about an incredible example of trust in God. And I believe it's one of the greatest examples of trust in all of sacred scriptures. And to understand just how incredible this act of trust is, we need to back up a little bit. Abraham and Sarah are very old. They're probably in their 90s, and they would basically given up hope of ever having children. This was seen at that particular time in that particular culture, this was seen as a punishment from God. So Sarah was embarrassed. She was very sad that she could not have children and she was probably ridiculed by the other women. And Abraham was sad as well. He had no son to carry on the family name, the family tradition, nobody to give that family inheritance to. And then they finally conceive and have hope. Sarah is happy. She no longer feels ashamed. And Abraham is happy as well. He finally has an heir, somebody to carry on the name, the, the tradition, and the inheritance. And then God asks Abraham the unthinkable, to give up his son. After all the patience, after all of his fidelity to God. Imagine what's going through Abraham's mind as he's ascending Mount Moriah, preparing to sacrifice his son. And then at the very last moment, God stops him. And Abraham's trust, his faith is made completely manifest. In the season of Lent, I sincerely believe that our Lord is asking each and every one of us. He's asking you, he's asking me to trust more fully, more completely in his mercy his providence, and his love. And we are given this very special opportunity in Lent to trust more deeply in God's plan for our lives. Each of us is being asked by our Lord to give something up. And that something is very unique and very special for each and every one of us. 
And what he's asking you to give up is big. And if we think that that something that we're asked to sacrifice to give up during Lent is something as simple as coffee or chocolate or TV, then we're going to miss the point of Lent. God desires that we trust more completely, more fully in his plan, just as Abraham did. In the scriptures, we find that when God's chosen people trust more completely in God's plan, they're rewarded greatly in ways that they never thought would even be possible. We see Abraham, who is well beyond childbearing years, he receives countless descendants from God. We see that Moses, who is a son of a slave, who insists to God that he cannot speak publicly, maybe because he stuttered, maybe because he was an introvert, maybe because he just didn't like public speaking, but he is chosen to lead God's holy people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into the Holy Land. We see Mary, who is a young virgin, when presented with that message, that question by the Archangel Gabriel, when she gives her fiat, when she gives her yes, when she trusts in God's plan, she bears the Son of God. We see Peter, who's a simple fisherman who we find in the, in the Gospels, he often speaks and acts without thinking things through completely. He becomes the first pope. And the central figure, the central person of sacred scripture, salvation history altogether, Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus could have avoided his passion, his death on the cross. He could have lived a, a long life as, as king of the Jews and, and freed the Jewish people from oppression, physical oppression by the Romans. But he trusted in God the Father's plan. And he became king of the universe to free us all from the oppression of sin and death. So what about you? Do you ever wonder what God will do for you? When you trust him more completely, I can assure you this, whatever it is, whatever awaits you is something which you can't even imagine. Not just in the world to come, but in this world as well. And whenever I think of my own vocation story to the priesthood of Jesus Christ, I think of just that. I knew a lot of priests growing up. I was raised Catholic. I knew a lot about the priesthood. At least I thought I did. And I thought I, I knew what it would be like to be a priest. And I knew that God was asking me to surrender, surrender my, my career as a medical service officer in the army, and to make some sacrifices as well, to sacrifice having the ability to have a family and other things in my life. I knew that he was asking me to surrender and to sacrifice to his holy will as I was discerning entering into the seminary. And I, and I tell you, the priesthood, every day of the priesthood is so much more amazing than I ever imagined. The ways in which God works through me, my words and actions, to bring great glory to his kingdom. The ways in which God heals his holy people through the sacraments of Holy Mother Church. It's something I could not even imagine before. 
What waits for you when you trust God more fully? And how do we trust God more fully? Well, we heard this in the gospel on Ash Wednesday. Our Lord gives us, and, and Holy Mother Church reinforces those three very important spiritual tools of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. This is how we trust in God in greater ways, through our prayer, our fasting, and our almsgiving. We first of all need to pray, to discern, to listen to that voice of God, which is that whisper to our heart, to listen to, to determine, how is God asking me to surrender? How is God asking me to sacrifice? And he may be doing that in, in small matters, small ways of trusting him more, but he's probably asking you to trust in greater matters as well. For some people, it may be asking, God may be asking you to stay in certain relationships. For others, he may be asking you to leave certain relationships. For some married couples, maybe God is asking that couple to trust in his plan for their family. Instead of trusting in artificial contraception or artificial fertilization, which interfere with God's plan for that family and also bring many physical and moral dangers with it. So we need to pray, very important. Second, we need to fast. St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that fasting is the guardian of chastity because our ability to love purely increases with self-discipline. But as I mentioned on Ash Wednesday, fasting allows us to rely on God's providence more. When we fast, we're telling God, God, I trust that if I don't eat three meals today, I trust that you're not going to allow me to die from malnutrition tonight. I trust that if I skip these meals, you're going to continue to provide for me. And you'll find that in your fasting, if you're fasting, you'll find that you are indeed trusting in God's providence more and giving greater thanksgiving and appreciation for the gifts that he has given to you. So prayer is important, fasting is important, and also almsgiving, giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure to those who are less fortunate than us, especially in times of economic uncertainty. When we do trust, this is very important. When we do trust, we cannot become discouraged if, if things don't change overnight, if things don't get better immediately. We look at Abraham, that promise that God made to Abraham that you will have countless descendants. Well, that promise is still not fulfilled, is it? We're still adding descendants to Abraham through the Judeo-Christian faith. Abraham did not live in his earthly life to see the fulfillment of that promise. And in the gospel, we hear of the transfiguration. And the transfiguration, it's very important. Uh, it's really a, a watershed moment uh, for us because after this gospel of the transfiguration, we will see that the, the next uh, couple, the next several Sunday, Sundays, their gospels, Jesus will be starting to make his way to Jerusalem to enter into his passion and his death and ultimately his resurrection. But they come off the mountain. 
Jesus brings Peter and James and John off of the mountain. And once they get to the bottom, that's when the journey to Jerusalem begins. And I think Peter had an idea that it was going to get worse. I really do. Why? Because he says in today's gospel, when Jesus is being transfigured in all of his glory and wonder and power, and Elijah and Moses are there, Peter, he doesn't know what to say. He says, Lord, let us make three tents. Basically saying, I don't want to leave this place. Let's just stay up here forever. And I've been on Mount Tabor many times. And I tell you, it's so beautiful up there. It's so peaceful. It's so quiet. And um, you can see the, the majority of Galilee from up there. And I don't, I don't blame Peter for saying, Lord, let me just stay up here. Things had to get worse. And they got much worse than Peter or James or John or any of the disciples expected. Even though he had prophesied, or even though he, he revealed to them what the prophets were, were speaking of for the centuries and how he fulfilled that. I think like Peter, we too want to stay in our comfort zone. We don't want to come off the mountain. Imagine if Peter got his wish, if they remained up there. No journey to Jerusalem, no passion, no death on the cross, and no resurrection from the dead, and that means for us no forgiveness of sins. We too have to climb Mount Moriah with Abraham, even when we don't fully understand God's plan or questioning that God plan and saying, God, how can this possibly bring about good in the world or in my life? This plan seems crazy, Lord. But we continue to trust as Abraham. And we too have to come down from Mount Tabor. We have to leave our comfort zone. We have to trust that even though it, it may not get better immediately and it may even get worse, what awaits us is something so much better, so much more awesome or wonderful than we could ever possibly imagine. Praise be Jesus Christ.